Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us tonight. Um, I know it's Super Bowl Sunday, so uh, I'm not living in denial. I know, of course, that it is Super Bowl Sunday. And if you're listening to us live, that is at 9 o'clock Eastern, the Super Bowl is still going on. I get that. We're still doing a live show. I am not an NFL fan. I stopped watching the NFL, I don't know, maybe uh, two or three years ago. But but largely, I've just never been a huge NFL fan since I left Chicago. We don't have much of an NFL franchise here. Uh, I live near Jacksonville, so an hour away I could go to see the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I'm just not a big fan of the NFL. I mean, I, I'm not. I, I don't like the... I used to, I told my wife this earlier today. I, there, there was a time when professional athletes were role models for young people. And that is gone. And that's kind of tonight's theme, tonight's show, which is kind of your anti Super Bowl alternative. Uh, joining us at the bottom of the hour, uh, we're so excited to have him with us. Dylan Howard will be here to talk about his new book, Aaron Hernandez's. Killing Fields. And over the weekend, I had an opportunity also to watch the Netflix documentary, which is uh, three separate episodes altogether. I think it's about three hours. And man, oh, man, is this a story? It's a story of a young man who's able to go from nothing to the NFL and the millions and millions of dollars and how he threw away his life. It it is just a sad story on so many levels. And the worst part of it to me were the enablers, the people that seem to, um, you know, sweep under the rug, what were serious problems that needed to be dealt with. But as so many times as the story with these super talented athletes, uh, everybody wants them to continue playing. And so they don't want them to face consequences for what they do because that means they'll miss games or they might be off the team. And I always go back to the movie Hoosiers. And my wife and I, we talk about that frequently because um, my wife, she's a, a teacher and she many times faces this as as we all do, anytime you're in leadership, you're going to run across a situation where you have someone that is super talented, but they're just not behaving properly. And the easy path that a lot of people take is they let the superstar get away with it. The superstar fails the classes, still gets to play in, in the big game on Friday night. Um, my wife is a person that doesn't go along with that. So if you're in one of her music groups, it doesn't matter how talented you are. If you don't make the grades, if you don't uh, follow the the rules about behavior, you don't perform. And that's just that is gone. That whole idea of of 
holding people accountable, especially young people, when there is a chance to reach them. And this happens so many times when they're in high school, they get a pass on grades, on behavior because they're a gifted athlete. Then they go on to college. It gets even worse for them in that they can do even more and get away with even more. And then they go on to professional football and it's even worse. And we can follow the stories and there are so many of them, probably the most, I would say the greatest example that most people would know of is OJ Simpson. I mean, here's a guy who even after he gets acquitted on double murder, even though he was found to be liable in a civil trial, so we can say he murdered those two people because he was found liable in a civil trial. A, a jury found that he did commit the murders. You would think that he would say, you know what, man, I committed a double murder and I'm not in prison for life. But no, and not too many years later, he's in Las Vegas pulling a gun on people that supposedly have some of his sports memorabilia. And he ends up serving many years in prison. It's like they don't ever learn the lesson because not only are they part narcissistic personality, um, they're also sociopaths in some cases, but they're also largely just people that are the victims. And I, I use the word victim kind of loosely. Um, they're the victim of enablers, enablers who took advantage of them for what they could offer in terms of their athletic skills. So tonight we get into all of this at the bottom of the hour. You don't want to miss it. In about 25 minutes, Dylan Howard will be here. And uh, the shows keep coming. Just just great uh, booking by our producer. Next week, we're going to go in a little bit of a different direction. We have Rachel Richards here. She goes by the nickname The Money Honey. I love that. Uh, I always thought Maria Bartiromo was the money, honey, but maybe that's a shared title now because we are told that Rachel Richards is the real money, honey, and she has a book out called Passive Income, Aggressive Retirement. I love this book because it gets gets into some unconventional ideas for retirement income because what so many people focus on for retirement is saving to get to a certain lump sum. And it used to be if you saved a million dollars that you had arrived, that, that that was it. You were set. And that's just not true anymore. You know, depending on how you invest your money, you may need $3 million or $5 million. And so this book gets into some interesting alternatives of creating income because really that's what it's all about in retirement. It's income. It's not how much of a large nest egg you have. It's what is that monthly income that you can uh, receive each month. And on that topic, I'm actually getting complaints from people saying, Jim, I want to get in on your course on online income. And I just want to give people a quick update on this. Um, I did make a decision on the, on the platform I'm going to use. I looked at several platforms that we could use to launch this course. And I wanted one that had all of the bells and whistles where I can post video lectures. I can post PDFs. We can have discussion groups, all of those things that are now part of online classes. And I also made a decision that instead of this course being just about internet business and online income and all of that, I want it to be an entire 
just an entire course about money. I, I, I thought about maybe there'll be two courses or three courses and we'll kind of break them into different topic areas. And I decided I don't want to do that. Life is too short. I'm going to make this simple. And the idea, the title that I'm kind of thinking of right now is Escaping the Money Matrix. And it's all about all of the ways of kind of getting off the grid financially, alternative ways of doing things that I am doing that save me so much money and alternative ways that I produce income. And if you're somebody that hasn't saved enough for retirement and you're looking for some uh, creative ideas, what can you do to build a an income stream? And, and it's not going to be one income stream because in this course, I'm going to get into like how to set up a dozen income income streams. And, and this is why you're going to want to be in this course, but I'm not launching it yet. It's probably another one to two weeks down the road, honestly. Also, part of it's going to be free. So for those people that want to kick the tires, I think I'm going to make like the first two or three lessons free where people without paying anything can come in and take the first two or three courses uh, the, the first two or three classes in the workshop just to sort of test it out to see if it's right for them. So that's coming up also. So that'll be perfect timing for us next week to have Rachel Richards here to talk about passive income, aggressive retirement, her book. Also, um, just want to continue to remind you, we don't have uh, any commercials for the show. And how we do that, we go commercial free. I broke away from the network in June and I'm doing the show commercial free and it's not cheap. You know, every day I get bills for the online streaming. I get bills for the different platforms that the show is broadcast over the podcast download costs. All of these things cost money and we don't have any advertisers because we're commercial free. So all we ask the friends of the show to do, if you're a friend of the show, there's a lot of ways you could help us without even spending a dime of your own money. And here's tonight's opportunity to do that. If you go to freestocks.us, that's freestocks.us, and you sign up for the Robinhood app, this is free. You will get a free share of stock if you do that. And every time I give away a free share of stock to someone through that link, I get a free share of stock. What I typically do is I sell that stock, convert it to Bitcoin. I let that build up. I use that money then. We used it not too long ago to replace a monitor that we had to replace here in the studio. When we uh, went independently from the network, I had to buy yet another computer I have actually three separate tower computers here to be able to stream the show. And so I had to just buy a whole new system on top of the two that I already had. So this money builds up. I convert it to Bitcoin. It builds up. Then I withdraw it to my bank account to buy equipment that we need. What's cool about this is you get a free share of stock. There's no obligation. You don't have to buy anything. And then we get a little bit of something also. Now, I can tell you that so far I've gotten about 60 that's 60, 60, 60 free shares of stock by doing this. You'll typically get a share of stock worth about five bucks. But in one case, one of the shares of stock I got was worth over $100, just one share. And it's sort of random what share of stock that you get. But it is free and you're helping out the show. 
And who doesn't want a free share of stock? So check out tonight's sponsor, keeping us commercial free, freestocks.us, freestocks.us. All right, let's get into the news. Today, of course, is Groundhog Day, February the 2nd. And although I wasn't there, I watched the live feed in Punks, uh, in, in Gobbler's Knob, Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, Gobbler's Knob, and I saw... Uh, the groundhog and the groundhog did not see his shadow today. So if you believe in the lore of the groundhog, then you can be excited to know that this means there is an early spring. Speaking of groundhog day, there is a hilarious, hilarious commercial about groundhog day that premiered during the Super Bowl with Bill Murray. Now, I didn't watch a Super Bowl, but I happened to pick up this ad a little bit earlier in the evening on YouTube and watched it. It's a commercial for Jeep, and it is absolutely hilarious. And it does have Bill Murray in it. And it's all about Groundhog Day. So if you loved that movie, check out the Bill Murray Jeep Groundhog Day commercial, which you can get that over. Uh, just go to YouTube and do a quick search. All right, the impeachment trial is ending. Some people thought it was going to end on Friday. Uh, we're not going to get witnesses. So the witness, the idea of bringing up witnesses, that was voted down. So we don't have that to worry about. Uh, it looks like it maybe is going to last until maybe Wednesday or Thursday. And I, I read a really interesting article this week. And I, I it kind of gave me chills because, you know, you read an article and you think, man, could this be true? And the uh, point of this article was that the Democrats know they're going to lose uh, in the Senate. They know they're not going to get the conviction against Trump. But what they're really doing is laying the groundwork to dispute the election in November. Because if you notice, a lot of the things they're saying, they're making reference to Trump quote-unquote cheating, that what he was doing by talking to the president of Ukraine was cheating in the election, the upcoming election. It's kind of crazy, and they continue to make claims that there was cheating in the 2016 election. But in any case, um, this article went on to say, you know, what would happen if Trump wins in November, which I think he will, and the Democrats simply don't concede and say, nope, Trump didn't really win. He cheated. And they come up with, you know, seven or eight different narratives claiming that Trump is not legitimate and don't go along with the election results. Some people think that could lead to a civil war. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's scary to think about it. But um, I mean, we were there in, in a very precarious situation uh, in the uh, election, uh, you know, uh, Al Gore versus George W. Bush. And we were kind of, you know, cliffhanger for weeks, you know, who's going to be the president? And and I'm wondering if this could not be what is possibly shaping up uh, to happen this fall. We will have to see. All right. I have in front of me the current issue, which I bought today from the grocery store. I don't buy these tabloids often, but sometimes I just do. I just have to buy it. And there's one story I continue to be fascinated with, and that is the story of Lisa Marie Presley, of course, the daughter of Elvis Presley, and the idea that she is broke, that she has lost all of her money. And uh, this is on the cover of In Touch magazine. There's a picture of 
Lisa Marie, and it says how I blew my $100 million fortune. And I know for a lot of us, for me, I have to tell you, I just have a hard time wrapping my brain around the idea that the daughter of Elvis Presley is broke. According to this article, she went from a net worth of reportedly $100 million left to her by her father to having just $14,000 in the bank. And apparently there's a big lawsuit going on uh, between her and her, her money manager. Her money manager is a gentleman by the name of Barry Siegel, who she accuses of mismanaging her fortune. Although there are other stories of her uh, spending all this money, that she had a lavish uh, spending uh, problem and was not living on any kind of a budget, was buying real estate all over the world, taking trips all over the world, uh, was making a lot of uh, bad decisions with her money. There's even allegations of her being involved with drugs and on and on and on. Uh, I don't know what the truth is here. I have to tell you, though, it is just surreal to think of Elvis Presley's daughter being broke. What's what's even more interesting is that the wife of Elvis Presley, uh, Priscilla, she apparently has her money still. And I guess there's somewhat of a rift between the mother and the daughter because the mother is not willing to uh, bail out the daughter. And this very well might just be good mothering. She might be a good a good parent who's saying, nope, not going to do it. And maybe she has. Maybe she has bailed her out before. And maybe this is just somebody who, like we're talking about Aaron Hernandez, somebody who grew up with too much privilege and never had any boundaries. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to judge her because I don't have the whole story. But I do know when I was a professional money manager, I would occasionally have clients that would come in with seven figures, you know, they put a million dollars, two million dollars on deposit with me. And all of a sudden, you know, you know, we'd have some meetings about how much they were going to withdraw each month and what the rate of return was that they could realistically expect on their money. And sometimes it happened where they would just start taking out a lot of money. And I remember what we did about that. We, we always uh, sent letters and we made sure that we sent letters with proof of delivery. Uh, we usually like a FedEx them a letter and I would put a copy in their file and I just say, you know, dear client, just so you know, um, you right now are depleting at a level that you'll have no money in three years or five years or whatever it is. And I would say this is not consistent with the plan that we agreed on the withdrawal rate that we had all discussed. And of course, you know, they'd call me and say, oh, you know, Jim, don't worry about it. I'm never going to hold you accountable. I'm spending this money. This is a one-time large withdrawal. And then, you know, two months, three months later, they take another big chunk of money out. And a lot of these, pe a lot of these people who got money from settlements or inheritances, things like that, that would come to us to manage the money, a lot of them would just spend it all and it would just be gone. And there was nothing we could do about it, but I just didn't want to be that guy that was stuck being blamed for someone's, you know, one or two or three million dollar fortune being gone and me being the guy that lost all their money for them when they had spent it. And people get amnesia after they spend their money. Uh, believe me. And we've had it happen, you know, where we had client who, you know, spend their money 
And then all of a sudden we get a call from the wife who says, where's our money? And the husband spent it all or vice versa. So, it, you know, being a money manager for people that have a lot of money, it can be scary because you're kind of the ultimate fall guy if things don't work out. So we'll see what happens with this lawsuit against her money manager. But uh, just just hard to believe Lisa Marie Presley broke down to like fourteen thousand dollars. You know, I was thinking about this and I, I thought, what would I do if I were her? So I have no money, but I'm famous. So I'm thinking there's a lot she could probably still do. I mean, who wouldn't want to go, let's say, pay 150 bucks for a ticket to go to a small theater and listen to Lisa Marie Presley talk about her dad for 90 minutes, like a little intimate setting. And she could do these shows all over the country, just kind of sharing her story growing up as the daughter of Elvis Presley. Um, I'd, I'd pay 150 bucks to go see that. So I, I still think there's things she could do. She's an attractive uh, young lady, apparently is a talented singer in her own right. Uh, I don't know. Um, but it sounds like there's a lot of personal issues there. So we'll have to see what happens. All right. We move ahead. Um, the coronavirus. All right. We're all hearing about this in the news. The coronavirus and it's just a tragedy what's happening in China. A lot of people don't think we even really know the full extent of what's happening in China, um, that there could be a lot more people that have lost their lives than what we've been told so far. I think all of that's probably true. But there is this issue of the coronavirus conspiracy. And I got to be really careful. I may not even put this in the description of this episode, because let me tell you what is happening. Anybody that goes online and writes anything about a so-called coronavirus conspiracy, people are having their uh, Twitter accounts taken away. Your post is being deleted. This is not something the Internet wants you to do. So I'm kind of saying this tonight at my own risk. Uh, Zero Hedge was permanently banned from Twitter after kind of delving into this topic because there is a conspiracy theory. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm making sure I say that, that the coronavirus may, its origins may be as a biological weapon that, that perhaps in a lab in China, they were developing a biological weapon and somehow that leaked out and that's how this all started. And there is actually a um, a facility in that city in China where this all started that does um, that type of biological research. So it's not completely out of left field. I don't know if it's true or not. But apparently, if you post anything online about this, you are at risk of losing your social media footprint, just like what happened to Zero Hedge that has been permanently now banned from Twitter. So uh, and you know what happens when they ban when they ban a site. So when they banned like Alex Jones and now they've banned Zero Hedge, if you I love Zero Hedge. So if you go to Zero Hedge and you share articles from Zero Hedge onto your Twitter account, they may actually take away your Twitter account. They were doing that to people that were sharing Alex Jones content because they consider that helping 
that organization get around their Twitter ban by you sharing their content. I don't know if that's being enforced or not, but it is scary how quickly you could lose your social media account. Uh, and this Corona virus conspiracy, there's a lot of things. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people talking about this and there's a lot to it. It's not just a completely uh, made up scenario. There's a lot of facts that support the possibility of this. And there's discussion groups in Reddit in particular that you can go to to find out a lot more about this. Joe Biden this week warned of a long primary fight. In fact, uh, after making that announcement, the gambling site predicted.org now puts Bernie Sanders ahead of Joe Biden. The gambling odds favor Bernie Sanders now to win the Democrat nomination. Bernie Sanders. And uh, it's it's by a good margin. It's it's not like uh, neck and neck. Uh, so, I mean, if the gamblers are right, Bernie's going to win. Now, this comment from Joe Biden is sort of feeding into another scenario that people are talking about, which is a so-called brokered convention. That is, if by the time of the Democratic convention, there is not a clear winner from the primary. Not one candidate gets enough votes to officially be crowned the nominee. Then you go to a brokered convention, which sort of means all bets are off. And one interesting article I read said that Hillary is looking to play a role in this brokered convention. And they share a scenario by which Hillary could become vice president by way of a brokered convention and settle the whole matter uh, in, in sort of be a kingmaker, if you will, that Hillary steps up at the convention and, and supports one individual and that individual makes her vice president and that then resolves the logjam. Now, another scenario is that Hillary herself becomes the presidential nominee. Because as I understand it, at a brokered convention, all bets are off and they could decide to go with somebody that was not even running, if I understand that right. So you could have Hillary even step up uh, and take the whole thing. Wouldn't that be something? Talk about Machiavellian. Uh, I, I could see Hillary Clinton being uh, in a position to do that. So we're watching that as well. This story is beyond strange. Uh, Japan is about to release 1.2 million tons of radioactive Fukushima water into the ocean. Now, of course, we know several years ago, the Fukushima nuclear power plant and, and that whole disaster. Well, what they've been doing is to keep cooling the, the site there. They've got to continue to, to pump water in there. Well, that water is contaminated. But, but they've run out of places to store the water. So they don't have any other option, they're saying, but to release this water into the ocean in, in a way that they feel like if they do it a certain amount at a time, that the dilution of the ocean will make this all okay. But people just don't know what this will do to the ocean, what this could do to marine life, um, whether this could... Uh, poison, uh, you know, you could be eating 
a piece of fish in Southern California and it's radioactive poison because of this situation. Um, we're going to have to monitor this, but, you know, everybody's up in arms. I mean, here we are. We're living in this world with Greta Thunberg. We only have 12 years uh, to live because of what's happening to the earth. And people are being encouraged to go to electric cars, all of these things. And then you sort of have the backdrop of that against this Japan about to release over a million tons of radioactive water into the ocean. And and that is just I don't know. I, I I can't make sense of it, but I get it. I mean, you can only store that water uh, for so long in so many locations, and I just don't know what's going to happen there. So that's another story we're watching. Um, I did a video uh, last week about this app called Fetch Rewards. And if you want to check it out, it's on the YouTube channel. It's on my Facebook channel. It's a really, it's a simple little app. You just scan your grocery receipts after you go to the grocery store and you get points. You don't have to buy anything special or do anything special. You just use the app. You take a picture of your grocery receipt. And I, I've been doing it for 11 days and I've gotten $90 so far in Amazon gift cards. No kidding. A lot of you asked me for an update on that. That's the update. Uh, check out the video on my YouTube channel. And then we'll close it out with this. Um, if you're if you have not heard of the U.S. Mariana Islands, it's a small group of islands actually not far from Japan. It's actually a U.S. Commonwealth and it has become a new crypto haven. People are moving there uh, en masse that are uh, enthusiasts of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin and all of that. And uh, it's a neat little island. It's not large. I think it's like 13 miles by five miles, uh, a beautiful area, uh, beautiful beaches and all of that. And it's super cheap to live there. But I posted an article about this on all of my social media, Facebook, Twitter uh, as well. And you'll, you'll see it, uh, an article about why this is becoming a new crypto haven, the U.S. Mariana Islands. Uh, so check that out. Uh, maybe I'll visit there. I want to go back to Seoul, South Korea, and I guess it's a short flight from Seoul. It's like four or five hours. So maybe I go back to Seoul for a couple of weeks and maybe do a side trip and go to the U.S. Mariana Islands for a few days uh, to do some interviews and check out the local crypto scene there. Uh, very, very interesting. All right. So that is our new segment. We will take a one minute break and refire the open. We'll be back with our special guest, Dylan Howard, and his fantastic new book, Aaron Hernandez's Killing Fields. You've got to hear this interview. Really, really great stuff. We'll be back in one minute. Don't miss it. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.